This podcast is brought to you by Upgrade Fitness, Guernsey's new state-of-the-art gym, purpose-built for gym goers by gym lovers. Head to upgrade.fitness to find out more. Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast, your weekly insight into island sport, brought to you in association with Upgrade Fitness. My name is Tony Kerr, and with me, as ever, it's Guernsey Press Sports Editor, Gareth Aprevo. Hi, Tony. How you doing? Not too bad, and you? We're both, well... (laughs) I was going to say we're both. I'm definitely pretty tender today. Uh, <laughs> I'm a bit jaded, but I'm not too bad. <laughs> yeah, we enjoyed ourselves last night at the annual Orchard Media Quiz. Yeah, one of the highlights of the uh, the media calendar for sure. Um, and probably enjoyed myself a little bit too much. <laughs> it's always a high-pressured situation, the Orchard Media Quiz, when they do the sports round and everyone looks at our table as if to say, well, you lot should be scoring maximum points. Which Fortunately, we did, we did yes. <laughs> Fortunately, this time we did, but uh, no, it's very enjoyable. And once that round's out of the way, we sort of relax a bit too much, I think, and enjoy a couple extra pints at the end. Right, let's leave it there and talk some sport. Um, yeah, because we've got a uh, well, big interview uh, to play you this week uh, with a man who's uh, given an awful lot to Guernsey rugby over the last 12 years or so. Um, uh, Gareth, as you put on the uh, the back page of the press today, um, arguably the best player to ever have pulled on a, a Guernsey Raiders shirt, um, Malcolm Barnes, who's um, heading back to um, his native New Zealand um, before Christmas. So yeah, the uh, the final game that he'll be involved in as a sort of, uh, you know, well, coach capacity, I don't think he's going to be playing, um, is the game on Friday night, a week on Friday against Barry St. Edmunds. Um, yeah, how long did you have to kind of ponder um, that assertion? In terms of being the, yeah, the, the best, best ever? Um, well, the way I look at it, I can't speak from sort of before 2001 when I joined the press full time because I, I sort of, I've heard of, of good players before then and there were obviously some very good players over the, down the years. But in my time as being our rugby reporter, there's no shadow of doubt that Malcolm is the best player that's played for Guernsey in that time. And Guernsey are now the highest they've ever been in, in the league structure. So I would say there must be an argument that he is the best ever player to play for the, play for the club. And um, yeah, he, he's just... he. he I've I've often said to to Geordie almost as an aside that we've been so lucky to have Malcolm involved with Guernsey Raiders, but certainly on the playing point of view, he should have been playing at a higher level than we could offer him. Um, but you know, he's the sort of guy who he he sort of he put, uh, he, uh, he he disregards that sort of statement. He he's very much a team man. There's absolutely no ego about him, and I think I think I'm, I'm almost his biggest fan because of that. Not just because of the playing aspect where he has been brilliant, but the fact that he 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 could so easily swagger around because he could he is basically the big fish in a small pond over here. But you never get that from him whatsoever. He is the most humble guy you could ever wish to meet for someone so talented. And uh, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure watching him play and getting to report on him. And uh, yeah, it's just it's almost annoying that he's such a nice guy as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, as he explains in the in the interview, um, you know, coming to Guernsey and, and kind of leaving New Zealand was was kind of about more than rugby. You know, they wanted mm. him and his partner um, Megan wanted to um, yeah yeah get out and see see a bit of the world. Um, 
but yeah, how lucky we are that he uh, he ended up here. But of course, he had played a, a, a very, very reasonable level, it's fair to say, in New Zealand. Can you just put it into context, kind of yeah, what, what his CV looked like before he arrived? Well, yeah, um, in New Zealand, um, obviously, <laughs> rugby is like a religion over there. It is, is their main sport. And I mean, any rugby player from New Zealand is a very good player, no matter almost what level. But yeah, he reached um, the MPC over there, which is like the top flight of dom- domestic rugby in New Zealand. Um, from which um, players are picked to go basically and play in Super Rugby, which is the the franchise system down, which involves clubs from New Zealand, Australia, and South Africa. Um, nowadays, also Argentina are involved, and um, aside from Japan. But um, back in the days, he was in a Super Rugby squad for Waikato um, in New Zealand, which is just a phenomenal level of rugby. Um, yeah, and to to say he basically came from that almost straight to Guernsey in his mid-twenties. It's not as if he was sort of like past it when he came over here. Um, it's just he, he showed the level he was at. There was, there was times when he was playing for Guernsey that um, the crowd almost got a bit frustrated because Malcolm was about three steps ahead of everyone on the pitch <laughs> and he could spot gaps and what have you and he'd go and dart through them. And um, the the ball would often be turned over because none of his teammates quite realised what, what he had seen. You know, his awareness was just phenomenal. And uh, yeah, it's uh, you could see you could see the pedigree in him from, sort of from the outset. Like like most the New Zealanders we've had playing for Guernsey over the years have all been sort of excellent players. But yeah, he was just he's just a step above everything, anything and everything we've seen. Yeah, fantastic player on the pitch, and latterly, of course, has made a big contribution on the t- on the touchline as well um, on the coaching side of things. Um, alongside John Reynolds, he's mentioned Geordie uh, Guernsey's director of rugby, and the, the two of them um, came in to see us at the Guernsey press and. Uh, yeah, for a good chat about the last 12 years. Back in 2011, um, I'd just come off the back of sort of a, a chief sort of wider training, group training uh, season, then a Waikato stint. And then uh, me and Megan, my uh, then girlfriend, now wife, decided to that we wanted to travel. So we started looking online to see where, where uh, teams in the UK were looking for scrum halves or halfbacks from where we're from. But um, and then uh, we came across Guernsey, sent out a couple of emails, um, and then it sort of sort of went from there. So, so you didn't do much traveling then? <laughs> didn't do a lot of traveling. <laughs> not, not before we got here, but the idea was to get here, settle in, uh, you know, find a job, earn some money, and then travel while we were here. So uh, we done that quite well, actually. We traveled a lot. Uh, every Pretty much every Easter, every Christmas, we went somewhere in Europe to get off uh, get off the rock, spread our wings a little bit, <laughs> and then come back to nest. Jordy, <laughs> uh, and from your perspective, take us back to, to when uh, Malcolm's CV lands in your inbox. Yeah. Um, it was Jim Rayner, wasn't it? It was. Jim was just emailing me back and forth, believe it or not. Yeah. Is Still everyone, <laughs> if everyone knows Jim Rayner, like the ultimate pest when it comes out. He did the same with me, uh, Blair Campbell, Nick Barton. As soon as he gets a hold of you, he just nonstop emails and calls and he's ruthless. So he, <laughs> he got us all over. But yeah, when you know Malcolm came up, obviously it was going to be uh, an exciting time for us. Um, we were just talking the other day, his first game against Dover. He Pretty average game, to be fair. I mean, <laughs> I think he's the only player that got 10 out of 10 that day and <laughs> scored two tries. And I think you said you'd almost kill two guys as well. <laughs> yeah, biggest fins Bart said he has ever seen. <laughs> 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 Weirdly, they were on Bart's. So, um, but you know, look, you know, he, he slid it in. Really, I had this really good story about. Um, I think it was like the first weekend Malcolm was here, and 
he was he was staying at uh, our house at the time. And uh, I walked in and he was on the couch. He just got home from a, you know, couple of beers out. And he's he's calling up Megan, his missus, who was still in, in New Zealand going, I don't know where I am, but you need to order me a, a, a taxi. So he's, <laughs> he's trying to describe where he is. We walked in, we had to quickly get the phone off and said, no, he's at home. He knows where he is. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of knew what we were getting ourselves into. Yeah, yeah. Quickly. <laughs> Can't say it's improved. Like, that's five years. <laughs> but she was on the next plane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and he's down the phone saying, what? what's going on over there? We said, look, it's all it's all good. He's just a little bit confused. Yeah. <laughs> you sort of touched on your background there, but yeah, tell us about your rugby before you came to Guernsey. Yeah, so, I mean, I moved down to the, to the Waikato. I was born and bred in Northland, played a few sort of uh, age grades for Northland rugby, uh, moved down to the Waikato for university, sort of just played a bit of university rugby my first couple of years, just sort of socially. Um, and the age grade stuff then got picked up in 2005, probably for the Waikato uh, Academy and Development stuff. 2006, debuted for, for Waikato MPC. Um, and then from then in was in the, the Waikato camp all the way through to, to when I came over here, um, on and off with uh, with injuries. So believe it or not, I did have a few injuries in New Zealand <laughs> before I came to Guernsey. I didn't just save them all up. <laughs> come on, so, yeah. Yeah. so yeah, so I was on and off uh, for that for about five years before I before I came over. Yeah. Um, without wanting to incur the wrath of Geordie and whatever, you, you obviously didn't mind taking that step down in terms of the, the, the calibre of rugby. I mean, did you know what to expect when you arrived in Guernsey as to the level they played at? Uh, I didn't know a lot about UK rugby at all, to be fair. Um, I was more, I was less interested in, in sort of the quality of the rugby just to, just to be able to play rugby. Um, I was starting to then, I was 27, so I was looking more at the career and um, I had a few calls with Chris Knapp before I came over. I had about three or four job interviews already lined up for when I landed. Um, so that was more the driver in terms of where we were going to end up, which um, obviously suited me perfectly in Guernsey with a finance background in the finance industry. So that sort of led led uh, mostly to the decision to come to Guernsey, to be fair, compared to any other club in the UK. Um, but, I mean, the rugby then, we were in London, one, it wasn't a great a great level of rugby but um we progressed from there got promoted that first year mm. and then a couple of years in uh, national three promoted into national two which is actually a pretty good standard of rugby yeah for sure do you remember what the the, the other players were like when they basically first saw barno and did was it a case of eyebrows racing and we've got a bit of a star here yeah well i mean i think even around those uh, around that time because we've got Anywhere between 55 people training at the moment. Mm. But back then, it was probably still only really like 17, 18 players coming down to train. So it was easier to stand out. Um, and, you know, when Malcolm came down, obviously um, having a nine that could actually pass was... <laughs> was a benefit. what you've been looking for, right? <laughs> yeah. was a benefit. Normally, we just find anyone that could, you know, get in and do that. So I think it was probably the change of where we were going through as... You know, as a as a different formation of actually getting in, you know, a bit more quality around what we needed. Mm. Were you tempted to come back at ten then as well? <laughs> well, this is we spoke about this the other day. The reason, like, yeah. So, well, the problem was Jason couldn't play anywhere besides twelve. Player couldn't defend a thirteen, so I had to go play thirteen, <laughs> and then they got to play ten and twelve, and that's yeah. just the way it had, had to go. But it would have been great. I think we had a couple of games at uh, nine and ten. Yeah. Um, I think Chichester at home, uh, we won that one. So that was that was quite fun, but we probably didn't get enough. Mm. Um, 
And in terms of your playing career here, I reckon apart from the tight five, you've actually played pretty much every position you possibly can. I mean, how's it been sort of like perhaps learning those new ones? I mean, I do remember having the discussion with Geordie when he once was on the phone to me naming his side and he named you at seven, I think it was. And I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> you know, what's it been like sort of using, uh, utilising your skills in those different areas? Yeah, I mean, look, it definitely created uh, new challenges for me, which is actually quite good. Um, and you always want to keep pushing yourself. Um, obviously, I had a fair bit to learn in terms of pushing in the scrum as a six or a seven. Mm. And then, uh, I mean, in the lineouts, I just sat at the back and did F all, to be fair. So <laughs> um, it was more about just speed and tackling. And that was, uh, that was you know, Jordan's sort of uh, advice to me for those games, really just to, to fill in, um, don't miss any tackles, get mm. to rucks, carry, but not too hard. Because you'll hurt yourself. And then just be a general link. So um, that stuff was fine. Um, moving it back and forth around the back line was also a little bit more challenging, but although I enjoyed a lot of uh, rugby at 12 as well, didn't I? The first couple yeah. of seasons here, which I um, actually really enjoyed. Just a bit more freedom, a bit more mobility out there. Um, and then obviously a little bit more, a little bit on the wing. And I think I had maybe 40 minutes at fullback at Toten. What was the first game in that too? Titanians or something? Yeah. So, but yeah, really enjoyed it. New challenge and it kept me on my toes, so you can't complain. Played fly yeah. half against Henley and then you fractured your cheekbone. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> Just what <laughs> you needed. That was about 50 minutes of rugby, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> Speaking of getting hurt, I mean, obviously your rugby, uh, the, the way you played the game marked you out from very early on, uh, you know, in a Raiders shirt or in a Guernsey rugby club shirt. But mm. so did your, I was going to say resilience, but possibly lack of it, <laughs> yeah. basically. Um, but no, your resilience in terms of some pretty serious injuries, um, one in particular uh, that um, that you kind of, well, you sort of got through with a smile on your face the whole way, which is when you, you break your neck. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just talk us through your memories of, of that incident and, and, and the recovery. Yeah, I mean, firstly, I think with any sort of injury and sort of return to play, you've got to do it with a smile on your face or else, I mean, you're probably not going to get through it or return. Um, in terms of the, the neck injury, um, I think in part, we had a had a game the week before Dorking, to be fair, we were away to East Grinstead. It was an absolute mud bath. Um, and I think I'd taken a couple of small knocks on that game as well. Um, so I wasn't going into it at a at 100% probably. Um, but in terms of the incident itself, all I really remember is I think the scrum sort of, uh, the ball sort of spurted out of the scrum. I picked it up, was running, then nine sort of jumped on my back. I sort of went head first into the turf. Um, then it was really just a sort of a, a numb sensation sort of across the chest down my left arm. Thought, oh, this probably isn't great. Um, <laughs> but I was like, well, my legs still work, so I might as well get up. And so then from there, I just yeah, got up, walked off thinking it was just sort of a, a crook neck. Um, then, you know, the boys had a bit of a social afterwards. I was like, oh, something's not quite feeling right. I better not as much as I really wanted to <laughs> partake in the social. Um, so after that, yeah, I sort of went home for the evening, struggled to sleep, um, and then woke up Sunday, still not feeling well. Uh, got a lift up to the to A&E, where they uh, did the x-ray, found out that it was a it was fractured neck. And then uh, sort of went from there, flew over to to the UK for an operation, 14 days in hospital, and then 
back to be looked after at the BTV with Geordie and the boys. <laughs> Did you get some, uh, some good hospitality? Uh, zero. <laughs> zero. Now, the thing is that it's, I'm, I'm glad you could laugh at this incident because I've deliberately printed it off, but I think Geordie knows it's going to come. Uh, it is possibly my favourite picture as, <laughs> as a sports reporter, although at the time I thought it was a bit perhaps non-PC. But yeah, that yeah. one there of you in a hospital... Yeah, with Geordie yeah. one side and Dale Rutledge the other with a big thumbs up and you've got a big neck brace on <laughs> in probably um, not quite sure wh whether you're going to probably play again I would have thought at that point <laughs> yeah I mean, there was a lot going through the mind at that stage but I mean if any any two people were going to make a lightheartedness of any situation <laughs> it's definitely those two so I mean it certainly yeah, picked up my spirits before I soon after that flew out of uh, Guernsey for the op yeah, that was. I do remember actually asking Geordie's permission. I said, do, "Do you think he'd mind if we use that one?" No, no, he's loving it. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, in that yeah. photo, we, he was like smiling. We said, "Oh no, don't smile, because it'll make it look real serious." And that, and yeah. we, we go like this, and like we're taking the piss. <laughs> and what what obviously didn't make social media is the reverse photo when I did return and actually made my recovery. Yeah. Well, that's and right. It was. Yeah. I think Geordie actually mentioned to me sort of when you were sort of coming back. He goes, "We're going to do an, another mock-up of that picture, but with you smiling in it, yeah. and the other two not." They yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they they had the neck braces on, and I was ready to go. <laughs> really, neck braces. I was sitting there like he was. <laughs> he was sitting there with his thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. But it's amazing to think sort of that picture. I think was it January that you got injured? Yeah, and yep. you were actually playing again before the end of the year, so you made yeah before quick the end recovery. of the year. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. Did you, I mean, how, how, when you're sort of like coming back from an injury like that, do you have doubts or you just, do you just sort of like know that the doctors told me I'm, I'm fit enough, I'll just go for it sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, it all really, firstly, it comes down to, you know, you ask, they obviously ask the question to the surgeons and the, and the doctors and the medical staff mm. um, and you, you take their feedback on board. And uh, I mean, they all said, well, to be fair, you've got uh, two rods and four screws in there now, it's stronger than before. Mm. I was like... That's all I need. Yeah. Uh, no way. And they had absolutely no issues with the return. I can imagine that conversation being the same of them saying, well, you probably shouldn't. You get, that's all I need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't say no. Yeah. Megan in the car, we're ready. Yeah. How was Megan for that one? Was she quite happy enough for you to keep playing? She, yeah, she's happy. Well, I mean, she's, she's obviously hears all the advice from the doctors and everything, and we sort of we do make these decisions together, but... She's more than happy for me to continue to mm. play if, if I thought my body was up for it. Um, I mean, during the, the you know, the, the injury and the, the operation and the time in the hospital, I think she's a lot more nervous than I am, mm. probably because of all my drugs that I'm on. But, <laughs> uh, she, yeah, she seems to, yeah, she gets a little bit more worried during the, yeah. the operation, the recovery period than I probably do. But. Mm. By the time you're back, as in her role as team manager, I suppose she probably was by then as well, wasn't yeah. she? Yeah. She was probably telling him to pick you anyway. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Get him out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as, as Gas said, you know, you must have had fears about not being able to play again. But how much did it mean then to, to you know, you, you've, you've gone on and, and obviously made a, a huge contribution beyond that as well? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it certainly did go through our minds. I mean, earlier that it was probably, you know, unlikely to play again. I mean, until until you get the good news from the surgeon that everything's okay, that everything went well, it's definitely going through your mind. Um, I mean, thankfully at that stage, I mean, Jordan Rory sort of brought me on to help with the sort of assistant coaching stuff. So I was like, even though I might not be able to play, at least I'll have a you know I'll have a part to play in the team anyway, um, if it, if I wanted to. Um, but I mean, yeah, again, as soon as as soon as you get the news from the doctors that and you sort of that is a possibility of playing, then, then it all just goes to hope rather than 
sorrow. So, and then you you just live off that. <laughs> um, and is there any sort of particular highlights from your playing career in Guernsey that you look back on with any sort of particular pride? Uh, I mean, I think certainly in the, the I mean, the first year we had a couple of absolute cracking games because I mean we got here. I think we might have been sitting like third or something on the table, right? And we we sort of set goals that you know we pretty much have to go through the rest of the season uh, unbeaten and you know potentially pick up bonus points for every game. And we you know we trained hard. We you know we had a very small squad. We were bouncing in and out of players, um, but we managed to get through that. So I mean, Chichester away was a big win. Um, and we, I mean, we just scraped in with four tries on that. Mm. I mean, I think mine was kickable, which made it win. <laughs> Geordie scores in the corner. There's nobody, <laughs> no chance anyone's kicking that. <laughs> uh, but uh, I mean, that season we picked up some really big wins on the road and at home, mm. uh, which would manage to get us that promotion. Um, other big games that we played, um, I mean, the next, the next promotion relegation game that we played um, was also a great game. Um, was that that was. Bournemouth or the Bournemouth at home, and because that was a home game as well for a promotion game, which was bloody good. Mm. Um, so really enjoyed that game, even though I only played, you know, minutes. yeah, <laughs> 20, 20 odd minutes of it. So he broke he broke his uh, uh, elbow like way before, and he had surgery on it. Yeah, and this week was looking like I think he, I think he still needed like another month to recover. But when we were going into this game, we 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 sat down and had the discussion. We said, look. And he really wanted to, to contribute. And I was like, yeah, cool. So uh, it, the game, if you remember the Bournemouth game, it wasn't going to plan. <laughs> so I was like, look, we need to change this. I need you to go on and just bring the tempo up. Quick tap. Let's just move the ball quickly. And he went, yeah, fine. He got on just before half time. Uh, things had to change straight after half time. Came out, quick tap under the post as he's put his elbow down. Popped it again. Yeah. <laughs> and the first thing he said when we came off the park and it turned the tide, we ended up, we went on against Bournemouth and won the game. And first thing we said after the game was like, probably worth it. <laughs> <laughs> probably worth it. Yeah. Very, uh, Very typical. <laughs> yeah. Another operation later. Yeah. Another operation. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing is, for me, just even looking back, um, I reckon probably for the last four or five years, you've all, or Geordie's almost sort of just considered you perhaps a coach at the start of the season, you always end up playing somewhere along the line. I mean, you even played, I think, the most recent Siam, didn't you? I did, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So you haven't actually ever officially retired from playing at all? Oh, I <laughs> can't say I've ever got to retire. We'll see <laughs> Who knows what might happen even back in New Zealand? I mean, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it always, I mean, that is always the plan. But unfortunately, like, I mean, as Jordan said, our squads aren't always as big as we had hoped coming into season. So there's always a possibility that, you know, uh, we get short on nines or... 10s or 12s or wingers or <laughs> sixes. Yeah, sevens, sixes. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere along the line. Um, so it was, I mean, in, in any case, I'm sort of the sort of guy that doesn't give up training anyway. So I sort of try and keep myself in reasonable shape. Um, probably not in as good a shape as I would have wanted to to, to be playing in the last I am or anything. But yeah, I mean, it was always just a possibility. And then if, if things were really, really desperate, still have the option to put the hand up. So. <laughs> Yeah, and for you as a coach, I mean, yeah, seeing the progress that we've made as a club, um, you know, over the years and over the time that you've been here, have you got as much satisfaction or close to as much satisfaction out of the coaching side of things now as you as you did from playing, or as you have done from playing? Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one. I mean, I always really enjoyed the playing aspect, probably slightly more because, I mean, as a coach, and I mean, Jordan understands this as well. I mean, you can do as much as you want. 
uh, during the week in terms of preparation. But for that 80 minutes, there's very little you can do to to sort of steer the result, right? But as a player, I mean, you actually, that's that's your 80 minutes to actually determine the result. And I, I prefer to be in charge of my own destiny. But um, I mean, certainly working alongside Geordie the last few years more intently and with the coaching side has been just as enjoyable. I mean, we have probably a few more lows than we do with them, you know, than we probably used to. But uh, I mean, you get the highs as well, and it's amazing. Yeah, so you become a real double act. Uh, <laughs> the we like those two other Muppets. <laughs> the two old yeah, Craigie boys. Yeah. 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 I mean, Jordy, for you as, as, as director of rugby, how central has is, is your, kind of your, um, your relationship as coach has been to the progress that, that Raiders have made in the last few years? Yeah, and, and I, I, think, I think there's probably, a, you know, a couple of points to that. One is we live together uh, for like nine of these Nine years. years. Yeah. So like... Um, like my partner Catherine would always tell us the stories like we would have training we would come home from training and then discuss training for the next hour <laughs> and, she, and she would just go how are you talking about training you've just been to training and that's how we are like we don't live together now obviously but we'll get home from training and then it'll be like 20 minutes in someone will text <laughs> and it's always yeah. like it's always like well I ran this session tonight and that that, that, that went tits up <laughs> yeah. or you know what did you think of this what did you think of that and and I guess from the playing side, we always held ourselves to a pretty high account. So on the coaching side, that's that same thing. If we could do everything possible uh, to make sure we put the team in the best best place forward, like, you know, we've ran some horrible sessions and we've also ran some really good ones, but we won't make the same mistake twice. But I think it's also having that side, like, you know, we were just saying before we came in, we don't always agree on selections. And I think that's important. We don't always, like, he came up with something in uh, pre-season, like, I think we should do this. And I was like, no. And then, but then there's other things we will debate on it. Yeah. Um, I think if, if you just have someone there and that's just constantly saying yes or doesn't have rugby pedigree, um, you can, you know, there was an incident we were talking the other day about, you know, coaching coaches and stuff like that. It can become tiresome and, 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 you know, because you're doubling your work. But, you know, having that knowledge come in and then saying, well, this is the action points we want to do for this week. You know, Malcolm's now kind of sets like from our reviews, like we'll do a review and in his head you go, right, that's what we're doing for the skills block this week. It's just be able to bounce that off and not having to micromanage it makes it so much easier. And that's probably because, you know, we, we talk 24-7. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, any any Raiders fan knows that Geordie's quite demonstrative, and he can lose his temper on the sidelines quite a lot. Now yeah. you come across quite not quite that way, but um, can you lose your temper in, in your coaching role? Uh, I mean, I mean, we were talking earlier as well about a slight incident on Saturday, <laughs> but that's that's less to do with our coaching and our players. That's more to do with uh, some officiating that I may not have agreed with at the time, <laughs> which I, I apologised for. But um, I mean. I think I'm tending to, I certainly when I started off as coaching, I was a lot calmer. I think I am sort of starting to, I think, and I mean, I am getting a little bit more temperamental on it. But I think, again, that's probably just because of how much, you know, I love the team, love the squad and how much I want to succeed and I want to win and I want to, I want everyone else to enjoy it. Um, so when things aren't quite going our well, yeah, going our way, I can I can fire up slightly, but again, I try and keep that in house and then let, let Jordan blow up publicly. <laughs> I think there's, there's there's two frames for that as well. There's um, if it's coming from a good place in in the thing, like if it's a, like you know you scream and because an official's done something or uh, uh, something hasn't gone right, and you're like that, or if you you look on the weekend, um, their DOR to their ten. 
yes. incident. Yeah. And that was public. That was him shouting across at the 10, the 10 giving him the fingers, you know. Mm. I mean, we're not doing that kind of stuff. But you can see that they're both the same frustra- frustration comes from the same place because like, we're putting in hours. Mm. We're talking during the day all the time, the night. So as you're trying to implement that, but I guess the, the effect of that is if it doesn't go right, we've got to internally look at ourselves and say, well, what could we have changed? Sometimes it's personnel and stuff. But if I always think like um, if you kind of – because it's it, like – Malcolm alluded to the start. When he first started, there's there's less care. And the longer you go into the mm. role, there's more care and more care because you understand the players individually. You understand the work they're putting into it too. So that frustration gets a lot more boiled up. But then on the other side of it is when you have that ecstasy on those big wins, well, you don't get much better than that. Mm. No, I agree. <laughs> and Saturday was, was one of those, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, we had a long bus trip after a win. It was... <laughs> Those are what you really do it for. <laughs> Inter- interesting trip. <laughs> um, and I, don't, I, I will embarrass him because he's, he's soon to depart these shores. Um, I mean, I've often told Geordie this, but Varno's been the best player I've ever seen play for Raiders quite comfortably. Um, would you think it's fair to say he's probably the best player to ever play for the club? Yeah, I mean, look... There's there's always going to be names thrown around. Mm. Every time we have these chats, someone always pulls someone back from the 1930s and <laughs> and says it. And like you know, I can only go off based of what I've seen. And you know, definitely the way Malcolm applies himself uh, to training is is why he plays so well. And um, no doubt, he's probably one of the best. There you go. Thank you. You've heard, you've, you've heard his approval and mine. <laughs> yeah. Probably not that 1930s guy. Isn't that? <laughs> no. Oh, there's there's always some that they remember. Yeah. yeah. Actually, that was one of the proudest moments of being here when uh, when the book came out, right? The Guernsey athletes. Oh, I yeah, think yeah. I, I managed to make it on like 83 or something. So <laughs> there you that go. Was, <laughs> that was quite a proud moment for me. <laughs> you have to take one of those books back with you. Yeah. Got one. I think yeah. I. <laughs> <laughs> and, and talk of you know you guys being a double act um your partner megan obviously uh, uh you know you guys another double act and and she was gave a, a huge amount to the club um mm-hmm. over the years and in, in her time here um so just wanted to talk about her tron as she's you know. <laughs> yeah um yeah well, what could you say um i'm sure she'll be listening from back home um but yeah what can you say about about how she's um well i've both supported you as a, as a player over here and a, as a partner but as uh as and supported the club as well yeah, I mean, look, she's been absolutely amazing like, ever since I met her basically back in like 2006 or seven, whenever that was. Um, and she supported my career back in New Zealand as well. And then even, you know, the decision to come overseas was more driven from my side um, just because I, you know, I would just, I had, I'd played enough rugby in New Zealand, just wanted to, to get out and play some rugby somewhere else as well. And then um, you know, and she was she was well into her teaching career in New Zealand. So, so for her to give up that, um, to then come over here and then start teaching again here, whereas um, you know, from my side, uh, from from a job's perspective, I mean, I developed a lot, um, even from a work side uh, in terms of finishing off my qualification with accounting, doing the IOD stuff, and she was fully supportive of all that. Um, from the rugby side, I mean, obviously she's been through all nine or ten of my operations with me. <laughs> Um, and supported me and looked after me for all of those, um, which is, um, yeah, she sacrificed a lot for that as well. Um, in terms of the team stuff, she brought a lot of professionalism in terms of the admin uh, to the Guernsey Raiders, which I think the players felt, the committee felt, uh, the whole club felt, I think, her contribution off the field. Um, and I think, I mean, you know, she's, she's set it up for going forward as well. 
Um, I mean, unfortunately for her, she had to leave quite promptly, so she didn't quite get the farewell she probably deserved or wanted. Um, but I'll, I mean, I'll take all that myself. Feed it all in, and then I'll. <laughs> it's funny, I was going to say, you were probably the best player I've ever seen for Guernsey, but the more influential out the two of you was Megan. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Joe, I mean, that's yeah, the club has, has come on leaps and bounds in, in the last decade or so, and how, how much. How, how much of a role, Jordy, did Tron play in that? As he says, as um, Barno says, like just professionalising the whole thing and, and giving the club a backbone to to kind of build on. Yeah, there was um, there was only a certain amount I could do, you know, from where we were like when I first got here in two thousand six to two thousand eleven when these guys arrived. It almost became like a bit of a perfect storm that year because, I mean, <laughs> you couldn't really even say we had a manager. It, there wasn't. It was non-existent. I think the captain used to pick up the kit and then just sitting down with Megan uh, and, and, and discussing, she was like, well, we could do this, 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 that. After about the fifth thing she told me we could do, I said, well, don't tell me anymore, just do it because I don't understand a lot of it because <laughs> I'm male. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can organise it and just tell me. And it's even today, like she, she wrote an email to us with all the information on it for Malcolm and basically yeah. in the email it was like Jordan you're not going to read this so just make sure you do this <laughs> she knows me very yeah, well leave the, the detail to Barno <laughs> leave the detail to Barno so it's just having that person that could first set it up because um, I wouldn't even know how to start on that and it did it completely transformed who we were even when players were coming in and that, they were saying well you know you don't get this back home but it's these little things that we talk about being professional without being professional so it's just like if we can do those things right then does that automatically make the team you know better and I think those little little moments do yeah and I guess for you know for a club that um uh relies on or you know uh, enjoys a lot of imports and a, a lot of players coming into the island to have that support uh, yeah. and, and that for them the knowledge that they're going to be looked after must be crucial in terms of recruitment and, and kind of keeping the whole thing rolling yeah, some some don't need help as much as others, <laughs> like Malcolm. <laughs> I mean, we found we're, we're all babysitting him most of the time. But, um, the, but that is, you know, it's really important. Like before people even arrive, they get their welcome packs and, and stuff about, you know, where the tax office is. And it's these little things because, you know, although this is our Guernsey, it's when people come here, it's very foreign to them. So um, having that, that person, which we don't have anymore, um, is 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 always great, and we we don't really understand what we're going to do just at the moment. I'm kind of hoping just something pops up because it's it's difficult to replace. And Bob, I'll come back to you. Just um, what does the future hold, kind of sporting wise, for you? Will you look to carry on playing when you're back in New Zealand, or continue the coaching? Yeah, I mean, I've had a short little think about it. Um, I mean, initially, I'm going to go back and not commit to anything. Um, I mean, obviously, rugby's been a big part of my life now for thirty plus years, um, so I was going to see how I go for a month or two without it. Um, but, I mean, highly likely I will we'll get back into something very shortly. Um, the good thing about New Zealand as well, they play a under-85s rugby competition. <laughs> so, I mean, I could take away most of the big hits. So I, I may even get a year or two left. So who knows on the, on the playing front. You probably don't even realise he actually represented New Zealand in dodgeball. So you could go back and play some dodgeball. Nah. Well, this You've is it. Got the I, shoulders. I could pick up some old sports. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bardo, uh, you probably won't be missed by the staff at PH. Um, <laughs> get this medical professional, we'll be pleased to the back of you, but we certainly won't. Um, you'll be you'll be missed here. So, um, yeah, thanks for everything you've done for for Guernsey Sport in the last few years, and uh, yeah, all the best. Yeah, no worries. Thanks very much.
Malcolm Barnes and Jordan Reynolds speaking to Gareth and I there. Actually, a bit later on after we recorded that chat, Malcolm uh, dropped me a line to say he wanted to add a few more thanks um, on the podcast and uh, sent us this voice note. Actually, yeah, I do have one thing I'd like to add. Um, I know he won't like it and I don't want to make him cry again. But on behalf of Megan or Tron and myself, uh, we do owe Geordie a big thank you uh, for not only getting us to Guernsey, but also setting the tone for what was to become the norm um, in terms of support and hospitality during our time in Guernsey. But it was also his continued drive to progress the club uh, on and off the field that led to the opportunity he gave for Megan to join the rugby family directly as the team manager. Um, quite quite the masterstroke from Geordie, really. And I think it was this shared family that uh, contributed to our longevity on the island, and for that we'll always be most grateful. Um, not only should we thank Geordie, though, but the, the rugby club, the committee, the community of Guernsey in general for being so welcoming and hospitable. Uh, when piecing all that together, it really did make it tough uh, for us for us to ever leave. Geordie mentioned earlier that my initial contact in Guernsey was Jim Reynard. Uh, off the bat, he didn't know me from a bar of soap when I arrived, a random Kiwi guy arriving from the other side of the world. But that uh, that didn't stop him from welcoming me into his home with his wife Lucy and his young family. Um, I ended up staying there for a month or so um, until I found my feet before Tron arrived. So um, although in fairness, uh, in true Reynard form, there was no shortage of space. I had the whole top floor to my, of the house to myself um, and I didn't really want to leave, to be fair. Um, I'll just also say that uh, although we're leaving Guernsey, Guernsey will always be a part of our lives, uh, not only because we've spent 12 great years here and the memories and friend, friendships, etc., that would come with that, but more specifically, uh, to be fair, uh, I proposed to Megan with the beautiful west coast of Guernsey as the backdrop, um, and it doesn't get much better than that. But more so, uh, also our daughter Paige was born here, so we'll uh, we'll definitely be bringing her uh, back to Guernsey to visit at some place uh, at some time um, in the future, uh, preferably during the rugby season and a Raiders home game, of course. Um, I mean that's that's all I have for now. Uh, thanks, Guernsey. Yeah, Mark and Barnes there with the final word uh, on his stay. Um, I played that when I got home like, late last night and uh, I got quite emotional listening to it. <laughs> I'm not surprised. It's a, it's a, but that's just typical of the man, isn't it? And and typical of uh, Megan as well, of course. And to be honest, from from the Guernsey Press, we have to say a huge thank you more to her for the help she's given us over the years. She was a fantastic administrator and, and sort of first team manager for Raiders, as, as mentioned in the interview. And uh, it always made me laugh. Sort of pre-season, you'd pop down to training, and um, you'd, you'd want to perhaps interview a couple of players. And Megan, who was almost like the smallest person round because of the size of the men in the squad and what have you, um, you'd go to her, and she would she would shout and just bring sort of somebody six foot six over to speak to you, and she was the one in charge. It always made me laugh that, but she was absolutely brilliant. And uh, yeah, they're 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 a great pair, those two, and. Uh, yeah, uh, the rugby club are, are all the better of having had them in, involved over the last 12 years. Yeah, definitely the end of an era. Um, and it was nice, actually, that uh, the guys were able to come in off the back of a, a win away at North 
Walsham at the weekend, um, the first win in five. Um, so that's great to see. Um, they're back on the road this weekend at Old Albanian. And then, as I say, um, the next home game, in fact, the final home game before Christmas uh, season take on. Barry St. Edmunds on Friday, the 8th of December. Um, so yeah, week on Friday, a 7.30 kickoff. And I'm sure um, there'll be, uh, yeah, Barney will be shaking hands, a few hands that night. I'm sure being bought a few beers because um, yeah, he definitely deserves it. So uh, yeah, it was great, great to catch up with, uh, with him. And of course, we wish um, him and Megan and, and the family all the very best uh, yeah, for, for the future. And we hope to see them back sooner rather than later. Definitely do, yeah. Um, anything else just to be aware of this weekend, sporting-wise? In, in terms of home matches, actually, the Guernsey Raiders ladies are at home this weekend um, at the Foots Lane on the Garenstown pitch, I believe, at one o'clock. They're playing the Guildford Gazelles. While the Vikings are away, it's a top-of-the-table clash in Counties 2, Hampshire. They're at... Uh, they're at Sandown and Shanklin in the Isle of Wight, so that'd be a big game for them. So there's, uh, yeah, it's a big weekend of rugby, but uh, only one of those games on Ireland. Um, so uh, yeah, fingers crossed for for wins across the board there. Yeah, let's leave it there. Thanks very much, Gareth. Thanks uh, again to Upgrade Fitness um, for their support of the show. Um, if you want to support the podcast and what we do here at the Guernsey Press, the best way to do that is to pick up a paper um, six days a week for the very best local sports coverage. Um, plenty to read uh, over the weekend and. Um, Yeah, we'll be back soon. Cheers, Tony.